Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your bonus lesson, should you choose to accept it, is find a way to mentor, support, encourage, and learn from new teachers. The special agent assigned to help you with this task is Lauren Connaughton of Tequila Elementary School in Washington State. Data shows that in the United States and Canada, around half of teachers leave the profession within the first five years. This is compared to countries like Portugal, France, and Germany, where the attrition rate can be less than 5%. During my chat with last week's guest, and I definitely recommend listening to that episode, though it's not integral for understanding the rest of today's bonus episode, we started talking about ways in which new teachers have struggles, as well as methods and suggestions for supporting them. It's such an important topic that I thought it deserved its own bonus episode, which is what you have here today. It is interesting, too, the fact that all teachers have memories of their first years of teaching, where, for myself, I cried at least once a week in my car. (laughs) Um, And it just... It shouldn't be that way. Like, if you could change the system to be more supportive, what would you do? Would you connect them with a like a new teacher? Connect them to a mentor? Like for me, I'd say that for your first two years, you should only teach half time, and get the rest of that time to prep and really think critically about what you're doing. Though I realize budgetary constraints yeah. make that difficult. But that's a tough question because I mean, in my first year of teaching, I had the teacher across the hall from me, who was amazing. And she was also a first-year teacher. And we definitely, um, we were collaborators. We weren't co-teachers, and we dreamed of being co-teachers. Mm-hmm. Obvi- but, like, we were collaborators. We would get together on the weekends and plan together. And, you know, when I had a kid that I was, like, I just didn't know what to do with anymore, sometimes I would send them to her and be like, can you just take this kid for a few minutes so that I don't pull my hair out? Yeah. Um, and that kind of thing. I also had an amazing mentor teacher, um, who was, she was actually conveniently enough. She mentored both of us, both me and that other first year teacher, just kind of coincidentally, it worked out that way. Um, so my, the district that I was in, in my first year did have a first year teacher mentor program where every first year teacher got a mentor, a more experienced mentor who ideally taught somewhere in your grade level range. She, she did third grade for a while, but she was a second grade teacher at the time and we were doing third grade. So, um, and she was great and she was super supportive. She was probably in my classroom once a week, once every other week at the least. Yeah. Um, helping out, giving me feedback, um, you know, helping problem solve with kids, kind of like reassuring me at the end of it. Like, Hey, like this is a really difficult class that you have. This isn't like I would have a hard time here. Like this isn't just you <laughs> like, and just kind of like being kind of the reassuring almost mom that you need in the, oh, yeah. in that first year. Like you need somebody to be like, it's okay. Like we've all been there before. Um, and can so, I add to my list that we stop giving first year teachers the most difficult kids? It shouldn't be a hazing ritual. 
Yeah. If you've got 20 years experience, you know yeah. what? Take a kid that's difficult. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. And I've definitely seen that happen a lot of times. So it's so, but even having those two really big supports, and I was also frequently in touch with my professor who was kind enough to stay in touch with me after I wasn't. So having three huge pieces of support there, it was still a really difficult year where I did a lot of crying (laughs) and like, you know, would be on my way to work. Like, why am I even going to work right now? You know, just kind of have it. I, I admittedly, I looked into jobs that weren't teaching for the next year. I thought, oh my God, I must suck at this. Like I must be a horrible teacher who shouldn't be a teacher at all. Like I should probably be doing something else with my life. And Um, so even with those huge three supports, and I don't think I would have made it halfway through the year if it weren't for them, um, it was still a really hard year. And so it's hard to say like, okay, I had these three big supports, like what would have made it better then? And I think there are just so many factors there. I do think having at least maybe if you couldn't do a halftime, a co-teacher your first year who is more experienced I can see things going wrong there too, though, of being the like, oh, well, you're just a first year teacher. Like, I'm just going to, you know, run things. Because I do think it's important your first year to be able to experiment and to make mistakes and, you know, and fail. Yeah. You know, I, I think those are important things that, even though they're really hard in the moment, are really important for first year teachers. But I do, and I, something I still wish that I could, that there was more of a structure set up for is, you know, for an hour, can somebody come cover my class and I want to go watch this person that I know is a really amazing teacher and I want to watch what they, like, kind of be like a silent observer in the classroom, just watching how they interact with kids or whether it's a subject that I'm trying to figure out or, you know, a new model that I want to tr- test um, I think that would be an amazing support. Um, I had, I will say that I, I did have a very amazing administrator who, if I asked, I would like to go see so-and-so do blank on this day, would come yeah. and teach my class for me. For yeah, and purpose. a part of that is probably my fault, too. I'm probably not good enough about asking for that. I, I mean, I don't, I think it would be like, if they could, they would, yeah. you know, sometimes logistically it's not possible, but I do wish there was like more of a structure set up mm-hmm. for that so that it wouldn't be something I would have to bug somebody about and kind of like put somebody out good point. Very good for point. like, I wish there was like some kind of routine set up where like, this is something that we do. We learn from our like fellow teachers. Um, and it also would have been nice to have So maybe rather than a co-teacher, just, I mean, I guess my mentor definitely did this for me. My first year was sometimes she would co-teach with me and I could kind of see like, okay, how is this, like, how is this working out? Like, what is she doing differently than what I'm doing? And, you know, and she could kind of like step in if need be. And that's something I've gotten the privilege of doing this year with one of our specialists. And it all kind of happened by accident our instructional technology specialist has been a huge help for me this year in math. And I've kind of gotten that co-teaching thing with him a few days a week or a few days a month and, you know, that planning aspect, but it's definitely stuff that 
you really have to seek out. Um, and first year teachers, a lot of times aren't comfortable seeking that kind of stuff out. You're in a new school, you don't know anybody, you know, you're overwhelmed already. And if there's no set structure or system, um, for having that stuff happen, like you have to make it happen. And that's hard when you're already overwhelmed with all the things to be overwhelmed by when you're a first year teacher. Embarrassment too. Like I I feel that having been the specialist teacher on the other side, so many times teachers are afraid to let someone else in the classroom because there's a feeling of shame about something that they're not doing well. Yeah. And the realization that that specialist teacher really isn't judging you. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And kind of, and ha- I really think it's important to have people who aren't your evaluators helping you with that role because it is, or changing that relationship from evaluator to teacher of like, this is a, like, we are a team. This is not, you know, like the person who's been helping me out with math, um, like, he doesn't have anything to do with my evaluations. And that's been really nice because it's like, okay, like, I can, like, freely speak about what I think during our conversations and our meetings, and I can bounce ideas off him without him being like, oh, that's a terrible idea. I'm going to make note of that for, you know, like, for your evaluation or whatever. And not that I think that my evaluator would do that, but it's just like, that's always in the back of your head, you know, especially when you're a brand new teacher who doesn't have tenure and, you know, you're worried about your test scores and all these things. Um, you know, it's harder with the person who, you know, at the end of the day has control over your contract, whether it gets renewed or not and control over your evaluation, even like when they are the greatest administrator ever, that's still going to be hard. Yeah. You know, so. Something that I think is really lovely about being a teacher in a, in a school building, though, is that unlike in, let's say, a business where you've got the manager, the assistant manager, and there's this hierarchy, you have the administration, which is that level above, but we're all colleagues. The 35-year yes. teacher and the first-year teacher, you're still colleagues on the same level. Yes. And I think that makes... Although the 35-year teacher is still incredibly intimidating, <laughs> uh, there's at least that feeling of like, okay, we're approaching this on equal footing, theoretically. Yes. Yeah, no, and I've definitely reached out to a lot of veteran teachers and been like, hi, help me. <laughs> like, and I definitely think that sometimes that's a hard barrier to break when you're a first-year teacher is like, Usually, in my experience, the veteran teachers that I've gone to for help have been more than willing. Teachers to love help. to teach. You yeah. If you ask a teacher a question, they are physically compelled yeah, to answer it. Most of the time, I have found that that teachers want to help other teachers. They might, and like you know, I'm guilty of this too. Like, I might not be great at going down to your classroom during, when you're a first year teacher and asking you if you need help, but any teacher who's come to me or any teacher that I've gone to, like I've had almost nothing but positive experiences in terms of like getting the help that I needed, you know, or getting some kind of advice or sometimes just needing to vent or whatever it is. Something that really empowered me as a new teacher and that I tried to do as my career, as I became an older teacher was going to new teachers and asking them for help. 
because I think there's something really empowering about a teacher who you feel has all the answers coming to you and saying, I saw you do something amazing. Can you explain it to me? Can you show me? Can we co-teach and you take the lead? Um, Because... I think as a new teacher, it just made me feel like, okay, someone sees that I'm actually doing something right. Yeah. And then as an older teacher, it's like, no, I've got a lot to learn from, yeah. from some new, some of these And newbies. I think too, that's something, that's something that is sometimes frustrating for new teachers too, is that we're sometimes dismissed as, oh, you don't have any experience yet. Like, oh, you're still new or like, you're still so young. And we like, there have definitely been times where I've felt kind of pushed to the side due to my age or level of experience. You know, sometimes maybe that's deserved, but I think sometimes it's like, but I also believe that like, I also have the newest research backing me up. You know, I, I also like have just finished studying all those new practices I might not be perfect at implementing, I'm not perfect at implementing any of them, but that doesn't mean that I don't have good ideas. Um, So it can be intimidating in that sense too, if you're feeling kind of pushed aside because of your age or experience level. And that's definitely, but I think I have to remind myself too, when I'm feeling that way, that's not most teachers that make me feel that way. That's a couple. And a lot of times that are not sometimes not even teachers or just other people in the building or administ like administrative staff or um but like when those moments do happen where you're feeling like wow you totally just pushed me aside because you feel like I don't have as much experience as you do that's definitely not the majority of the time most of the time though I've found like I said I've found that teachers with more experience have been very open Um, both with sharing their ideas with me and having me share my ideas with them. So there you have it. Just a few suggestions on ways we can keep our new teachers healthy, happy, and wanting to stay in the profession. I think we can all agree after listening to Lauren that it would have been a shame to lose her. And we're so happy that she continues to innovate and share her amazing ideas on Lesson Impossible. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Aviva Levin.